0: look so good from summer. You got your braces off, new mm. glasses. Wow. Yeah.
1: Welcome back. Did you get boobs? Did Did Ooh. you leave and get come back with boobs?
0: I heard Stacy got boobs when she <laughs> went to summer camp. Did we have anybody who? Oh, boobs! I like you had a boob job. I was like, I don't remember any <laughs> people who got a boob job in high school.
1: Well, I feel like that's the trope of all like
0: high school. Or
1: like middle school yeah, shows where the 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 girls come back and they're like middle school is gonna be different, and then like the one girl has like huge. I shouldn't be saying this about literal children that are in movies, but this is what we watched growing up, basically.
0: So whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, listen, in seventh grade science class, I I specifically remember growing boobs in seventh grade science class. Like it just happened. <laughs> like it was just you like, had a petri dish. It was just like. Whoa!
1: It just, I don't know. It just, like, happened. You put uh, a little bit of citric acid inside your Petri dish, and then boom, boom,
0: there's the boobs popped out, (whistles) slapped them on your chest. Yeah. Good to go. I mean, if I had the choice, I wouldn't, because it was so, (laughs) I was so uncomfortable. I mean, I went from, like, flat chested to, like, a size C in, like, a semester, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah yeah boobs are sucks. fun aren't they yeah yeah wouldn't recommend but hey everybody welcome to brought to you by the letter season two <laughs> season two we're Yay! still forgetting to intro our show at the top see that's right. guys it's like everything's changed but nothing's changed
1: nothing it's still the same but yeah this is a podcast uh where we talk about everything from a to z and i'm carly and that's Elsie. So welcome to season two. We're doing that alphabet shit all over again. Someone, I, th- I forget who, but someone was like, are you going to do numbers? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know how we would <laughs> start going into numbers. I'm sorry if that person's a dear friend and told me that, but I truly don't remember who said that. Quite sure how we would do like one turtle or a partridge in a pear tree. Okay. <laughs> then for two, we would be like, twins i don't know (laughs) i don't know how that would work
0: (laughs) yeah i'm cool with never doing numbers i think we're good yeah we're not it's not happening we're not gonna do it excellent
1: so we've been gone for a little bit uh but we're back and we're excited yes and we are inspired
0: oh yeah we're so pumped this is going to be an awesome season we've planned out the episodes this time and we're having special guests throughout the season yeah so look out so for awesome. some of your faves coming your way or some new friends so awesome you get some new friends, new at, friends. at the lunch table you know so we are two best friends we've been best friends for like 13 years now Yeah, 14 yeah. years
1: long long uh, ass time. so since
0: high school And we decided that over quarantine, we were going to start a podcast and we wanted to learn more about all the things around the world because there's all this information at our fingertips. So why not learn more? Right. And we wanted you to come along with us. (laughs) Definitely. And we we
1: learned so much from our first um, pass through the alphabet that as we reflect on the topics that we talk about, maybe some of the things that we learned in school. You know, we learn just to get an A or just to get a grade or just to pass the test or whatever. So we're really taking this time to teach each other and to learn more about, like, the impact of these things that happened as well. And um, hopefully that inspires all of you guys because it's definitely inspiring to me to
0: learn about all these things. You know, I feel I feel smarter. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I understand where some pop culture references come from. But to often like understand the nuances of it and like get deep into Mm -hmm. it, this has really helped me with that. I'm like notoriously like uncultured in terms of like film and stuff, and uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that, Kelsey. I no, I am like typical kids shows or movies that you've seen. I have not seen. Yeah, but who says that those are the typical ones? Because they're the mainstream. So maybe I was just like not mainstream from the beginning
1: no exactly that's that's exactly the point that i'm getting to you're the coolest kid
0: around oh my gosh from the beginning well that's definitely not who i was in uh elementary school middle school high school college but i'll take it now (laughs) it's it's when it most matters life (laughs) yay all right do you want to get started do you want to learn let's get into it the learning okay let's do it welcome to season two episode one This week, we are going to be learning about Atlantis, brought to you by the letter A. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. I'm so excited. Are you ready to learn about Atlantis? I can't friggin'
1: wait. Okay. Tell me everything.
0: Okay. Let's go. Atlantis is a legendary fictional island in the Atlantic Ocean lying west of the Strait of Gibraltar, which is located between South Spain... And North Morocco. Nice. The first mention of Atlantis appears in Plato's works. Plato was an Athenian philosopher during the Classical period in ancient Greece. He first introduced Atlantis in his dialogues. So he would write these things called dialogues that would like detail conversations between people. So Mm -hmm. one of those dialogues was called Timaeus, written in 360 BC, and Critias okay the four people appearing in these dialogues are politicians critias and hermocrates as well as philosophers socrates and timaeus of locri
1: beautiful pronunciation kelsey 10 out of 10 but i i don't know if you have you ever seen um bill and ted's excellent adventure it's like an 80s movie
0: no see i don't know that reference
1: (laughs) so i don't know why but like I growing up watched so many 80s movies. I think it's cuz my parents were like yeah, we these, we love these movies so like our kids can watch them. I don't know. But in them they meet Socrates, but they call him Socrates. <laughs> so it's like it's like super hard for me to like see Socrates and say it right cuz it just looks like Socrates, but anyways, it's <laughs> it's a pretty I mean, it's a different version of Keanu Reeves that we know today,
0: but I love Keanu Reeves. I mean, who doesn't? What's not to love? He's like our national treasure, basically. Have you seen that meme where they're like 16 women accuse Keanu Reeves of being (laughs) unapologetically perfect or whatever and like respects women (laughs) and all that? I'm just like, wow. I have a group
1: chat that's like me and like three of my friends who just send Keanu Reeves memes and stuff about him to each other. Yeah it's pretty great it's pretty great we love keanu we stand keanu here yes we do of course anyways back to back to socrates aka socrates
0: yes so in these dialogues plato uses the socratic method to discuss contrary positions within the context of an uncertain belief so what's the socratic method you might ask i want to know the socratic method is is a form of cooperative, argumentative dialogue between individuals based on asking and answering questions to stimulate critical thinking and draw out ideas and underlying presuppositions. Nice. The Socratic method is a method of hypothesis elimination in that better hypotheses are found by steadily identifying and eliminating those that lead to contradictions. Okay. So you're basically sussing out all of these philosophical ideas with people. It's just like a big like
1: discussion of everything, basically. Th-
0: think thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It's a big think yeah. thoughts that place. So the Socratic method searches for commonly held truths that shape beliefs and scrutinizes them to determine their consistency with other beliefs. So, the basic form is a series of questions formulated as tests of logic, in fact, intended to help a person or group discover their beliefs about a topic.
1: It's honestly really cool. I feel like it, I mean, I don't know, but do you think it was done in, like, a somewhat civilized manner? Well, that's
0: something? what I think it is. I think it's, like, yeah. not that emotion's taken out of it, but it's just, like, calmly discussed. I think it's more like, why do you believe that? Or let's... Right, how does that, like, contradict your beliefs in this thing? Like, you know, so you go back and forth. It must yeah, have been really interesting to be, like, a philosopher person. I mean, it <laughs> it must just be great. Like, what do they do? Do they just you philosoph? Literally? That's just all they do? Yeah.
1: yeah, they philosophize and they eat grapes and they sit around <sighs> in their togas and sandals and <gasps> chit chat.
0: I could use a yeah. good grape right now. <laughs> oh, red or green oh i'm a hard green
1: you're a hard green hard green kyle likes
0: red and i'm just not into red grapes i mean i i there's nothing really to say i mean they're just better you know yeah that's all
1: one of my friends always says um i always bring grapes to volleyball tournaments and i always offer them and she always is like every grape's a gamble That's what she always says before she eats a grape, because it's so true. Like sometimes you'll get like the most delicious, like crisp grape. And then the next one will be like mushy and disgusting. And I can't, I cannot deal with those mushy grapes. Nope. And that's why
0: we can't be philosophers.
1: Yeah, we can't. They probably did have a lot of mushy grapes, but they dealt with it because for the sake of philosophy.
0: Yeah. All right. So in these dialogues, I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. In these dialogues, Timaeus begins with an account of the creations and structure of the universe and ancient civilizations. You know, like casual, relaxed yeah. dinner conversations. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I love inviting five of my best philosopher buddies over for a nice dinner party. You know, we'll get into our the main course, and then we just delve into the
0: creation of the universe, right? Casual. Casual. It's, it's chill. I mean, I do it all the time. It's chill. That's yeah. what all... Uh, What all dinner parties are like for us. That would be fucking terrible, right? Well, true. Yeah, it depends. I just like I just go for the food. Yeah, that's why I'm there. So Socrates ponders a perfect society described in another one of Plato's works called the Republic, and wonders Mm -hmm. if he and his guests might recollect a story which exemplifies such a society. Critias mentions a tale that would make the perfect example. In his account, ancient Athens seems to represent the perfect society, and Atlantis, which is its opponent, represents the very antithesis of the perfect traits described in the Republic. This is the first mention of Atlantis that we know of in history. Hmm. According to Critias, in ancient times, the earth was divided among the gods by allotment. The gods treated the human in their districts like little shepherds tending and guiding sheep. Wait, why is that cute to me? I, that's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all little sheep in God's yeah at, ponderance or whatever. In those days, Athens had rich soil and water that was brought in from underground springs. He describes the civilization of Athens at that time as ideal, pursuing all virtue, living in moderation, and excelling in their work. He then moves to describe the origins of Atlantis. He said that Atlantis was allotted to Poseidon. Poseidon fell in love with a mortal woman named Calido? Kledo? Cledo, And she bore him a number of children, the first which was named Atlas, who inherited the kingdom. These people become the founders of Atlantis. So the founders are half god, half human. And they created this utopian society in an island haven surrounded by an entire continent. Wait, I just realized something. What? Atlantis is named after Atlas. Yes. Whoa. Okay. I know crazy <laughs> so this island was larger than the size of libya and asia combined it was made up of concentric islands separated by wide moats and linked by a canal that penetrated to the center of the islands mm-hmm. okay so i'm setting yes. the scene a little bit got it the island contains gold silver riches and supports Ooh. a bunch of rare and exotic plants and wildlife And the great capital city resides in the central island hosting the Confederation of Kings with great and marvelous power. Doesn't that sound just so beautiful and lovely? Yeah, maybe I can vacation there. I think so. Do they do vacation packages? (laughs) That'd be cool. Well, there are resorts called Atlantis now, so. Oh! That's, That's why. I know. I googled Atlantis and that was like the second thing that came up. So, (laughs) in the story, Critias recounts the remarkable virtue of Atlanteans, saying, For many generations, as long as the divine nature
1: lasted in them, they were obedient to the laws and well affectioned towards the gods whose seeds they were, for they possessed true and in every way great spirits, uniting gentleness with wisdom in the various chances of life and in their intercourse with one another that's what I'm saying (laughs) they despised everything but virtue caring little for their present state of life and thinking lightly of the possession of gold and other property which seemed only a burden to them neither were they intoxicated by luxury nor did wealth deprive them of their self-control but they were sober and saw clearly that all these goods are increased by virtue and friendship
0: (laughs) so beautiful thank
1: you I'll be here all
0: week. <laughs> so, right. Sounds like a beautiful society. Gorgeous. However, the Atlanteans become corrupt, greedy, petty, and morally bankrupt. And the gods became angry because the people had lost their way and turned to immoral pursuits. So a later passage reads, When the divine portion began to
1: fade away and become diluted too often and too much with the mortal admixture, and the human nature got the upper hand, they then, being unable to bear their fortune, behaved unseemly, and to him who had an eye to see grew visibly debased, for they were losing the fairest of their precious gifts. But to those who had no eye to see the true happiness, they appeared glorious and blessed at the very time when they were full of extreme greed for wealth and material gain. Wow.
0: I know. (laughs) I know. so scared. I know. So to outsiders, this looked like a utopian society, but it actually is like plagued by all this terrible shit. Yeah. Yikes, 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 yikes. Yeah. So as punishment, the gods then sent down one terrible night of fire and earthquakes that caused Atlantis to sink into the sea. All right. If you guys listened last season, we learned one thing. You do not piss off the gods. Don't do it. Just don't. Don't do it. Oh, that's right. Just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, just don't. don't. So that is the first mention of Atlantis. Plato's writings about Atlantis contain deep truths about the human condition and are meant to be didactic. Mm -hmm. So didactic is an adjective, which means intended to teach, particularly in having moral instruction as an ulterior motive. Like the Bible. So they're meant to teach you a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Not taken as truth, necessarily. Correct. Correct. Plato created these stories to convey his philosophical theories. What happens to Atlantis deals with a number of themes prevalent in his works. For example, divine versus human nature, ideal societies or utopias, and the gradual corruption of human society. It's like really heavy shit here. Mm-hmm. So, professor of archaeology and author Ken Fetter details in his book, Encyclopedia of Dubious Archaeology.
1: Atlantis was not a place to be honored or emulated. Atlantis is not the perfect society, quite the contrary. Atlantis is the embodiment of a materially wealthy, technologically advanced, and militarily powerful nation that has become corrupted by its wealth sophistication and might good job
0: Carl should I not be British no I love it (laughs) there are many theories about where Atlantis was some say in the Mediterranean some say off the coast of Spain some people say even under Antarctica basically pick Hmm. a spot on the map and somebody has said that's where Atlantis was so like Brooklyn it's been in Brooklyn yeah (laughs) I feel like that's I feel like that's a good guess I feel like I'll put my money on Brooklyn let's go to Brooklyn (laughs) So despite the fact that Atlantis is a work of fiction, many people for centuries have claimed that there is some truth behind these myths speculating about where Atlantis is or could be. Honestly, I feel like it's just a reflection of like what earth has turned into. Like, I don't even like what our modern day society has turned into. I, that's like what I think is the punchline. Like I think we're, we are Atlantis. It's like, I mean, think, Come on, think about it. Like materially wealthy, technologically advanced, militarily powerful. Mm. That's like Shit. honestly, I was like America, is that you? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's a it's a critique. It's it's And they didn't even know that it was going to be like this. No. But it just yeah. seems like that's I mean, that's how I personally feel. Um Huh. Yeah. Cool. So, I like it. Put that in your drink and Suck on it. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so. Kelsey, love it. Uh, sassy, but tired, but sassy. <laughs> Another way that we can confirm that Atlantis is a myth is that there's no trace of it at all, despite all these advances mm-hmm. in oceanography and ocean floor mapping over the past couple decades. Also, because of like science and plate tectonics. Mm-hmm. Atlantis is literally impossible. The continents have drifted away as opposed to contracting. So the seafloor has spread out. It's not it's not coming together. It's right. not going to swallow up a, right. an island. Right. So how did Atlantis come into the mainstream, and why is there the belief that it still could have existed? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to tell you why. Great. Can't wait. 1882, Ignatius Donnelly, a former U.S. congressman, published a book titled Atlantis, The Antediluvian World. Antediluvian. I've never even heard that word before. No. Um, But that's what Atlantis is, obviously. Yes. According to our boy (laughs) Ignatius. I know. Chill name, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The book laid out 13 hypotheses centered on the idea that Atlantis had truly existed and had indeed represented a place where early mankind Dwelt for ages in peace and happiness. So he's kind of the person that brought this to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. He was inspired by an amateur archaeologist who had used Homer's The Iliad to unearth the legendary city of Troy, which had long thought to have been fictional, but was then proven to be real. Yeah. So you can see why he would be inspired to do that. Um, Right. Yeah. You know, why shouldn't he believe that Atlantis is real? Side note Did you guys read the Iliad in, in school? Um, I don't think I read any English books. I'm not kidding. I don't think I've ever read a single book assigned in English class. Well, is the Iliad the same thing as the Odyssey? No, I don't oh, think well, so.
1: But I know, I think they're similar. Honestly, the Odyssey was really good. It has, it's the story with, like, all the, like, sirens and the dude, like washes up on shore oh yeah
0: hitting the rock and shit yeah Mm -hmm. dude fuck me up odyssey yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that
1: stuff's kind of cool in the sense too that it's like written so freaking long ago and then we read it in school as part of like english class or whatever but Uh it's still like mildly entertaining and it's literally written like thousands and thousands of years ago you know just kind of yeah. neat
0: i'm not gonna lie to you i don't think i could recall any of that writing but i kind of want to go back and read now because i'm like actually now i actually give a shit about learning because right. it's my choice Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly Ugh, why was kelsey such a fucking dick like oh it was so stupid back then
1: okay but you were also a teenager so cut yourself some slack because i would never <laughs> wish to be a teen again <laughs> that shit was
0: difficult and angsty. No, thank you. It's all difficult, but in different ways. Like, I feel like that's ugh, yeah. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm like, let's go to the chill part. Yeah. <laughs> when is that g- coming? Yeah. Please sign me up. Yeah. I'm first. I'm first on the boat. <laughs> so Ignatius Donnelly was certain of his theory predicting that hard evidence of the city would soon be found and that museums around the world would one day be filled with artifacts from Atlantis. Unfortunately, over 130 years have passed without a trace of evidence. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Ignatius. I know. I know. But this is how the legend of Atlantis made its way into pop culture. So we have him to thank for that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some pop culture references. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Atlantis has continued to capture the imagination of many and has been depicted in hundreds of pieces of literature, television shows, films, songs, and video games. I'm going to name a few of them. The novel 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jewel Verne. Nice. J.R. Earl Tolkien's The Cimmerian. Mentions in manga and anime like Yu Gi Oh!, Nadia The Secret of Blue Water, The Mysterious Cities of Gold. TV show episodes like Doctor Who, Jackie Chan Adventures, DuckTales, Flipper, Hercules, Phineas and Ferb, Aquaman, SpongeBob, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Transformers, Fairly Odd Parents, Simpsons, Rick and Morty. Yeah. You get the idea. Literally, every Atlantis everything. has touched everybody's heart in some way in one or two episodes yeah. of a show. Songs have been named after it. One even scored top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 titled Atlantis by folk and pop singer Donovan in 1969. Cool. Cool. This one's kind of sad. The opera Der Kaiser von Atlantis, which translates to The Emperor of Atlantis, was written in 1943 by Victor Ullmann with a libretto by Peter Kine. They were inmates at the Nazi concentration camp of Theresienstadt. I did my best there. (laughs) The Nazis did not allow for it to be performed, assuming that the operas referenced an emperor and they thought it was a satire on Hitler. Mm. Both were unfortunately murdered in Auschwitz, but the manuscript survived and was performed for the first time in 1975 in Amsterdam. Wow. Which I'm like, that's so crazy it survived. Yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing. Countless movies have referenced the city of Atlantis. I'm not even going to go through them because there's so many. As you can tell, I (laughs) mentioned every freaking (laughs) TV show under the sun. But of course, my favorite interpretation... Atlantis, The yes. Lost Empire, and Milo's Return, which was yes. my first animated heartthrob. Like, Milo yep. and, like, Keita also was, like... yeah, Oh, they were just both so hot. Uh, I made Kyle watch it with me, um, and it was, like, such a blast from the past, but it's so many plot holes. Um, but it's just so cute. Like, I don't know. It just brought back memes, you know? I feel like so many movies from our childhood
1: we just like remember because of the characters that were hot in them <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean like yeah yeah like i wanted a freaking Kita barbie so bad like yeah so my mom made us do in between each grade we had to do summer bridge activities have you ever heard of them yeah they're like little workbooks yeah. that like transition you yeah. between grades so if we finish them, we got to get a toy from the toy store at the end of the <gasps> summer. And I remember I wanted this Keto Barbie so bad, like so bad. Oh my god! I got it. But man, I was like, I was in love with both of them there. <laughs> I, I feel like it's so funny because
1: it's like most of the time they're cartoons and it's like, why are these cartoon characters hot? And then it's I'm also so confused. for me. <laughs> I'm so confused also because I'm watching The Lion King and there's that <laughs> one scene Where they, Nala and Simba, tumble down the hill and you're like, excuse me, what is going on? I'm way too young to be feeling
0: these things. (laughs) Anyways, we've heard about the fake city. Or the fake sunken city, which unfortunately doesn't exist. It's okay. But sounded really cool if it wasn't so shitty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you about some real sunken cities. Because I think that shit is fucking cool. All right, it's so cool. You ready? So creepy. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love like I love watching the undersea um, footage of like the Titanic and stuff. Like I just like yeah, I just get really like eerie vibes. But it's like I don't know. It's so cool. All right. So one of the first sunken cities I'm going to tell you about is in Port Royal, Jamaica. It sunk. On June 7th in 1692, this Caribbean pirate haven was known as the wickedest city on Earth before a devastating earthquake and tsunami buried two-thirds of the town beneath the waves. This is crazy. And actually, I understood what they were talking about because of something that you taught me. So the Earth started shaking and liquefied the sand beneath it, causing 2,000 buildings to yep. landslide, essentially, into the sea. Oh, my God. Which, yeah. Yep. yep, that's quicksand. quicksand. Yeah, like, yep. so, which, an entire town, like, that's or two-thirds so of a town. That makes my stomach hurt thinking about that. <laughs> so, 2,000 inhabitants were of thought to have perished, and another 3,000 dying from injuries, and disease Shit. in the aftermath. So only about, one, I think, 1,000 people survived. Crazy. Next one is Atlet Yam, Israel. It sunk in 6300 BC. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. So discovered by Ehud Galili, I think... <laughs> is this name in 1984 this neolithic village lies 26 feet beneath the mediterranean sea it is considered one of the oldest submerged settlements ever discovered Hmm. so it's not quite a city but they they consider it the oldest submerged settlement Mm -hmm. nearly 10 acres of remains including house foundations hearths tools flint animal remains and human graves Date back to when our ancestors were just starting to settle down in one place and grow grains, which is Mm. super fucking cool. A megalith structure similar to Stonehenge callback surrounds a spring. This structure consists of seven huge stones weighing thirteen hundred pounds. Wow. Also, two individuals buried on site show genetic markings of tuberculosis infections, making them the oldest human tuberculosis oh patients found to date. That's so I just wild. think this stuff is so cool. I yeah. don't know why. It's just really cool to me. I'm probably going to say this wrong. Baie, Italy? It sunk in the 16th century. Baie was once a Roman spa town known for debauchery and drew the wealthiest visitors to the coast for 2,000 years that it operated. Several famous Romans visited the town, including Julius Caesar, have you heard of them? <laughs> Emperors Hadrian and Septimius Severus. Great name, by the way. Yeah. Generals Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, wow. Gaius Morarius, and politician Lucius Licinius Lucullus. Lucullus. <laughs> what the? Heck? Lucilius? What are these names? Lu- Lucius? Is
1: it Lucius? Lu- Lu- <laughs> Lucius. <laughs> Lucius Licinius Lucellus. Lucius lucinius Lucellus. Lucius lucinius Lucellus. Lucius? Okay,
0: Lucius Lys. Maybe it's Licinius? Sure. Lucius Licinius. Listen, we're trying our Lu- best,
1: you guys. Anyways, I can't deal with it. So. <laughs> you nailed Gnaeus Pompeius
0: Magnus, though, so hey,
1: don't worry about Nais it. Pompeius?
0: I just can't with this so what happened to this town is activity beneath the earth's crust moved the land up and down and the undulations eventually put part of the city underwater bunch of earth shit you know i mean that's mainly what happens right when cities yeah, sink, earth i guess yeah okay next we're gonna talk about pavlo petri greece it sunk in 1000 bc In 1967, Nick Fleming, a researcher with the University of Southampton, came across remains that would turn out to be the oldest submerged city to date. Mm. So this is the oldest city. Mm -hmm. This ancient city has been preserved perfectly just 13 feet below the waves. The streets, courtyards, buildings, and gravestones lead up to a nearby island where the settlement once sat with ancient walls lining the land. So it's pretty cool. But it was most recently found, so it was found in the 60s. Researchers think that the buildings date back to the Mycenaeans, ancient Greeks that arrived at the tail end of the Bronze Age, so about 1650 to 1180 BC. So some old-ass villages. Yeah,
1: that's so um, wild. And then,
0: last but not least, Heracleon, Egypt, which sunk between the 6th and 7th century. Heraclean, named after the legendary Hercules was a bustling metropolis and sat on the edge of the Nile River right next to the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, that's another confusing cartoon duo right there. Hercules and Meg. But maybe we shouldn't get... Yeah, let's not get back. Okay, sorry. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) So, this ancient Egyptian city has a trove of artifacts including the remains of a temple, gold jewelry, incense burners, (laughs) coins, granite statues of Egyptian gods, dozens of boats, and hundreds of anchors. What are we going to wow. do with all those anchors? <laughs> not not in any use at the bottom of the sea, not attached to a boat. Am I right, fellas? That's true. So those researchers are still learning more about what Heracleion and the neighboring city of Can- Canopus... Oh my gosh, we're going to get so kicked in the face for these <laughs> pronunciations. Archaeologists and geologists have no idea why these bustling cities sink. Wow. And that is a summary of the real sunken cities but also the end of our episode for atlantis
1: Wow
0: Amazing. yeah what did
1: you think a little part of me really wanted Atlantis to be real
0: dude same yeah when I opened the Wikipedia page pay Wikipedia five dollars <laughs> when I opened the Wikipedia page I was like fictional oh you're like come on. <laughs> please Please. i just really wanted to be real but i thought it was really cool like i didn't realize how like philosophy based it was actually like i didn't really realize that because i mostly have in mind the idea from like disney right you know in disney it's like just a cool place with like flying fish and like right machines basically any like
1: representation of pop pop culture is just this like you know Metropolis, underwater city.
0: Yeah, is it the city in Little Mermaid too? I think that was some uh that was inspired by it. Yeah, by Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. But if not, actually, it. Right, I don't know. Right. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish it was. Yeah. Veiled, but, it, but I know. I know. You know. Yeah, I, I just found it really interesting that like it was actually this huge moral like story. Oh yeah. And I'm like damn why is this hitting so close to home I mean
1: once again like something created so so long ago but it's still kind of obviously like has permeated into our world today
0: yeah and like the literally the remark about just like human nature and how we are all eventually it's just like mm, (laughs) sad yeah and also relatable, but, <laughs> but like sad. <laughs> we'll just have to use so, the Socratic method to talk about it and work it out our feelings. The Socratic method? Yeah, the Socrates method. The Socrates method. <laughs> the Socratic method. I would love to be a philosopher, are you kidding me? But I would have to take so many brain breaks. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'm glad we talked about this for five minutes. I'm gonna need to go take another break. Yeah. Like, yeah. it would be too much. Do you think they were high? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. That's
1: something like, we how should. How was that your job? Yeah, we should definitely look into that because I bet they were smoking or doing something. I bet. Oh, yeah. You have to, right? Yeah. Drinking, smoking. Yeah. Eating some shrooms, whatever, something.
0: Mmm, shrooms. Mm-hmm. That's probably it. Yeah. Doing something like no, that. No, because then they'd be like, and then, well, I guess they did. They're like, and then the island sank into the water.
1: <laughs> yeah, the island sank. That's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you see that island just sink into the water? Just, just like a land absorbing into the to the water. It's yeah. just like, Rrr. yeah, yeah. Hey. Not that. Not that I've ever done shrooms, but I imagine that's how it would be. <laughs> um. I
1: met up with some friends for brunch um this weekend and I brought up psychedelic mushrooms and what I learned and this one person that I know who is actually I didn't know she was a therapist actually she doesn't anymore but she used to do or wait she might actually currently do it ketamine dosing Mm -hmm. and therapies which was so cool. Mm-hmm. But I felt like such a little smarty pants cuz I was telling everybody what Kelsey taught me about psychedelic mushrooms and how people Yay! microdose it and like, you know, become at ease with death and their ailments and, you know, stuff like that and they improves dep- depression and so I felt I felt like such a little smarty pants and that if that's not a good selling point why you should listen to a podcast, I don't know what it is. Be a smarty pants
0: with your friends at brunch. <laughs> and impress everybody from what you've learned. Yes, yes. A nice smarty pants. <laughs> yes, definitely. Teach you like to teach Yeah, so that's first episode. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Thank you guys for listening. We are
1: really excited for this season. I'm really excited. I can't speak for Kelsey, but I'm pretty sure she's excited as well.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. She's excited.
1: Um, so tune back in in two weeks because we are doing bi-weekly pods in order to you know, make this content of ours a little bit better for you. A little bit more (laughs) well-written, well-researched, well-executed and such. But um, we really appreciate you guys for listening and please rate, review, subscribe. That helps us so much. Like we would love to grow this thing,
0: you know. What Carly said, rate, review, subscribe, download. Yeah, download. We love
1: you. We love you. (laughs) And thanks for listening.